You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Well, this is kind of a weird day, I'm not going to lie. Not anything to do with Twitter at all. Just, um, well, thanks to you jerks, um, I don't get any sleep usually. And apparently that's becoming a problem as I get into my 30s. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm halfway through my thirties and, um, just looking at the old Fitbit tracking deal here, five and a half hours of sleep, five thirty-eight, five eighteen, And, um, I thought that was fine. And my body's like, all right, dude, you want to mess with me? And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, all right, you, no, you think this is funny. I got something for you. So probably around like one o'clock ish, I started getting a little bit of a headache, tired, just beyond tired. And then I start getting achy because when I get tired, I get achy, like my bones ache. I start getting a headache. Now, the problem with me, just this is just my rule in life now. If I don't take pain medication when I have a headache, it will turn into a migraine. Well, I decided I could wait it out. That was a bad decision. And so by the time I went home, I cannot even tell you what these symptoms were. Massive headache, feeling sick to my stomach because that's generally what happens when I get a migraine. But beyond that, really dizzy. My hands were tingling the entire way home, and my feet were falling asleep. I know what you're thinking. Did you pull over? No. I put everybody at da- in, in, in danger. But you'll be proud to know that I made it. Didn't kill myself or anybody else. And I called my wife so that she could be on the phone just in case something happened. Anyways, I get home, barely able to even walk in my door because my legs are shaking so much. Pounded a sleeve of crackers because that's what I do when I start shaking because I feel like something's wrong. Because I'm still not sure if this is diabetes or what's going on with me. And I went to bed, probably about 3.30 in the afternoon. It is 3 o'clock in the morning. I got up a half hour ago. You know what the, you know what the real, you know what really makes me mad about this whole situation? I woke up at 2.30 in the morning, and I feel about as tired as if I had gone to bed at like 9. I'm so tired. And I, I think it's like a fake tired. It's all in my head because it's, you know, it's dark outside, and I don't know. I don't know why. But my body's probably fine, but my brain is just like, dude, you're so tired. I'm like, why? I don't understand. I'm telling you, I'm looking at my little, my watch tracks all this stuff. 10 hours and 39 minutes of official sleep, and I'm tired. I can't even get one day of being like, ah, I feel so good. It's ridiculous. I haven't slept 10 hours and 40 minutes worth of sleep since I was probably 15 years old. Back when, well, it was actually very similar to this. I'd get about 12 hours of sleep. I'd wake up and I'd go back to sleep. (laughs) I always get mad at my 16-year-old daughter for... Well, not mad at her, but it's like, why are you in bed all day? And then I remember when I was her age, and I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of slept all day, too. Still, get up and do things. Anyways, so that's, that's my day. That's where I'm coming from. I wish I could report I'm very rested and in a great mood, but that's just not, it's not true. I'm lying. It's Friday, too. I got almost 11 hours of sleep. It's Friday, and all I can do is sit here and think, I wonder if I could use some time off and just take the day off and go back to bed. <laughs> oh, anyways, so uh, Aaron Rodgers won MVP last night. That was, in fact, um, expected. What was not expected was to get um, sort of a halfway nod from Aaron Rodgers prior to uh, to winning MVP. Uh, Ryan Wood, apparently there was some media thing, whatever, but somebody tagged me in this. Aaron Rodgers asked if he'll, asked if he'll return to the Packers next season. There's my alarm telling me to wake up. Thank you, alarm. Already up. Asking if he'll return to the Packers next season, he says, quote, I have not made any decision yet. I knew there were some stories out there about some announcement I was going to make. To be honest, I was just easing into the offseason and excited about being here tonight. You know, the only thing at this point that I feel guilty about <laughs> is the fact that this was so successful that some people are going to be like, dude, I'm going to do that. 
If you think you can get past the whole guilt part, which I could not, I'll, I'll be honest. If I told myself two days ago that this is what happened, like, dude, you're going to get dozens of new followers. I don't know what the count is, but if, if you told me a hundred, I wouldn't be surprised. You're going to get dozens of new followers, thousands of likes, and a bunch of blue check marks are going to interact with you for the first time, including Aaron Rodgers during his during a press conference prior to his or after I don't know which his MVP um, speech is going to address your rumor that you made up. By the way, somebody else messaged me and told me that I was on AM radio, at least one show, possibly two. I had two different people reach out and say that um, people were calling in about news that Aaron Rodgers is going to make an announcement that he's coming back during his MVP acceptance speech. If you'd have told me that two days ago, I'd been like, dude, maybe we should just do this thing. But I did not anticipate the level of guilt as I saw how many excited Packer fans were just gleeful. And I'm like, oh, see, now I feel bad. I don't, I guess I don't know what I expected. I just didn't think about that part of it. <laughs> you know, some nice old lady with the crying emojis. I'm so happy. I love Aaron Rodgers. It's like, oh, oh, that stings a little bit. That's, that's not great. But just like driving home when I'm about to die, I did the right thing and I stuck by it. I didn't delete it. <laughs> I let everybody just be miserable, and I lied right to their face until the next day when I could put it on the podcast and give official numbers, and then I deleted it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting 24 hours or so. 48, I don't know, whatever days are. But I do want to go through, um, I just, you know, I was up at 2.30, and I certainly didn't want to get out of bed at least until 3 when my alarm was going to go off. That was my second alarm, because usually I need about five or six, including the snooze alarms, which, by the way, when you're dead tired, I get so confused by the alarms. It's like, didn't you just go off? What is happening right now? Like, I just silenced you 30 seconds. It's because you've got, like, your snooze alarms and your other alarms and all these other alarms that are just, like, colliding. It's a very stressful time of day. Uh, stop. I feel like my phone just hates me. Like, dude, you, there wasn't even an alarm. Nobody, who set an alarm? For 312. Get out of here. I miss DJ Galaxy. Does anybody even remember what that song was? What was the DJ Galaxy bump? Somebody send me that audio and I'll, maybe, maybe we'll bring it back. Got to be kind of an old school listener to know what I'm talking about. But I have not been able to fully get the, um, the pulse of the Packer fans, you know, Twitter, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, as far as what everybody's thinking. I did see one person say he sounds like he's going to retire. I heard somebody else say they think he's going to come back. But I figured we should kind of go through it a little bit. Um, I tend to believe him when he responded to essentially my tweet and said, I, I honestly don't know. I've, I've barely gotten even settled into this to make a decision. I tend to believe that that's the reality. You know I'm all for reading tea leaves, like 100%. But um, I just, I don't, I don't really think, but well, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll go through it. You make your own determinations. Anyways, I do think it's important to start off with uh, thanking people because it's important, right? Remember, a year ago... He would barely even mention Brian Gutekunst or Russ Ball or Mark Murphy, right? Especially Brian Gutekunst, <laughs> just at least not in a positive way. But um, he thanked Peyton Manning for giving him the award, and then this is essentially what he said next. I'd like to thank the Green Bay Packers, Mark, Brian, Russ, our incredible fan base. It's been uh, an amazing 17 years. So thankful for the memories and the moments over the years. Uh, I'd like to thank Matt LaFleur and his perfectly groomed eyebrows. <laughs> we have Matt, there you are. Bree, thank you. Great job tonight on those. But in all seriousness, two out of three years winning this thing, you're a huge part of this. I love you. I appreciate you. Thanks for trusting me, supporting me, empowering me, and making things easy for me. Appreciate you, buddy. So I want to pause there because there's kind of two different things. First of all, I figured I'd just let it run. But um, first of all, the thank you. The, the first person he thanked was Mark, Brian, and Russ, Russ Ball. Um, those are the first guys. So right out of the gate. So again, when I say everything points to... The, the, the bottom line is the damage is done, right? There's, there's no more drama in Green Bay right now. That doesn't necessarily mean 100% he's coming back. He has to determine if he wants to retire but it, it just, any notion that he still hates Green Bay is just a, a media creation at this point. I mean, I know Bears fans and Vikings fans and everybody, a lot of different, you know, Cowboys fans, 49ers probably, are still wanting to run with this. And largely it's out of, out of um, what they want to be true, but it's also largely out of ignorance. Because the, the media, and I don't, I don't necessarily even mean that in a 
negative way. I just mean a lack of information. The uh, the media reports on the drama. They don't report on the drama's gone, right? That's not an, an article that gets clicks necessarily. So when all the news points to the damage has been repaired, it's not all over Sports Center or whatever the popular thing is. And so a lot of these guys, which is why I've been saying for months now, don't tell them. Don't tell them. They don't know. They think Aaron Rodgers still hates it here and he's going to force his way off the team and the Packers hate Rodgers and it's this toxic environment. Blah, blah. That's done and they don't even know it yet. So really, and, and I'm not saying anything new here, but just reiterating what we've been saying for a long time now, and that is Rodgers is going to make one of two decisions. He's going to retire or he's going to come back to the Green Bay Packers. Now, there is still some people holding out hope that the Packers may trade him. Again, I don't see any way in the universe in the entire universe, that the Packers say for months, we want him back, we want him back, we want him back, we've made him offers, we've offered him contracts, we want him back, we need him back, we'd be stupid, we'd be idiots, we'd be out of our mind. Matt LaFleur saying we've had we've had meetings and never once in any of these meetings did we talk about trading him and then come out and say, yeah, we were lying the whole time. All of us, we conspired, we made this up, the contract was fake. Once he said, yes, I want to sign the contract, we kind of pulled it back and we're like, actually, this is a, uh, this is a, a novel written by my uh, daughter. This isn't even, this isn't even a contract. It's her uh, 10-page report that she wrote on um, German cheese. I don't, you know, I'm sorry, Rogers. I didn't expect you to accept this. I just, you know what I mean? I, again, I understand the, the, the talking about it. You know, Aaron Nagler is now catching heat for saying that we should move on from him. He's just giving his opinion. I don't, I've never seen Aaron Nagler say, I think they're going to. It's just, I think they should. And a lot of people have said that. And again, I completely, if you don't get out of my face right now, right about now, way too much, dude. That's making me tired. It's like, it's, it's, I think that's why you got to switch up your alarm a little bit. When you hear that noise, my body just goes into, we got to go back to bed. It's like, no, no, no. 11 hours of sleep. You're good. Just turn it off. I hate alarms. There's got to be a better way. There has to be something. And no, I'm not going to play death metal. I'm sorry. I'm not doing that. I know that's what some people are going to recommend. By the way, since we're, since we're talking about it, um, there's kind of a spat right now between Aaron Nagler and um, John Kuhn, where John Kuhn is telling Aaron Nagler he needs to cool it with the Aaron Rodgers slander. And now John Kuhn is catching smoke for, you know, telling him, you know, the, 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 the supposed say it to his face thing. First of all, I am 100% against the whole say it to his face thing. As a person who has a podcast, if anybody came to me and like, why don't you say that to Kevin King's face? Why don't you say that to Preston Smith? Every single time I give my opinion, if somebody said, say it to his face, my answer is going to be no. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to say it. I don't have any desire to walk up to somebody just to hurt their feelings, but this podcast doesn't mean anything if I'm not being honest with you. That is why you're here. That's why I'm here, because I'm going to tell you very honestly what I think. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm an idiot. But here's my opinion. That's it. And Aaron Nagler's got the exact same thing going on. Now, maybe he takes it a little bit too far sometimes with the slander. I probably do too. Right? There's a difference between saying, I think the Packers should trade Aaron Rodgers and you know, whatever his tweet was that set John Kuhn off, which was a little bit jaded. It was a little, little bit of a, you know, Rod, I think it was something to the effect of Rodgers will happily take the millions of dollars so that he can come back and underperform or something or that they can miss the Super Bowl or whatever. Which again, I mean, that's a, that's a comment similar to one that I would make on this podcast, not necessarily that specific one, because I don't 100% agree with Rodgers being the problem or whatever. But, but I've said before, I respect him and anybody else that's willing to just flat out, I mean, to, 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 especially for him, right? It's easier for me to say stuff about King or Rodgers or whoever, because they don't know me, right? This is probably the first time Rodgers ever heard of me when I put out this tweet. I'm guessing the vast majority of the Green Bay Packers have not even listened to this podcast. They don't know. They don't care. So I can come on here and talk all the trash I want. They're never going to find out about it. And if they do, somebody's going to be like, dude, somebody was talking trash on their podcast. They're going to say, so what? He's an idiot. More respect for guys like that, because when you got to look him in the... If, if, to make a tweet, I mean, let's just think about it, because I know people are going to get mad about it. How do you do your job accurately and then have to look these guys in the eye? It would be hard, even for me, and I like to think that I don't really care what people think, especially the players, right? I... I genuinely believe that they're just people, and I'm not really worried about it. That's why I don't really, I don't know if that's why I don't buy jerseys. I don't know, but I, I have no interest in like getting autographs and stuff. I have a bunch from when I was a kid. I didn't even like it when I was a kid. I was just felt like something cool. Like, you know, if you don't do it now, I mean, when are you ever going to get this opportunity? You know, it's kind of a scarcity thing. But even with that mindset, 
it would be hard to, especially if I just said something, if I had just said, you know, Aaron, like when I went on my tirade about a year ago about Aaron Rodgers and I'm tired of all the drama and I'm tired of him whining and complaining about things not going his way with the team and all that. I believe that hundred percent. It would not be easy if I had to get up the next day and go look at Aaron Rodgers in the eye and ask him some kind of a professional question. Like, so Rodgers, what do you think about that? Da, 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 knowing that he probably heard every word that I just said, that would kind of suck a little bit. So I give props. Now, granted, again, that doesn't mean you have to go too far and be a jerk about it, but that's, that's entirely up to you. The only thing I don't respect would be people who don't want to give their honest opinion because they're too scared. And for him to kind of balance that, I, I genuinely respect that. And no, that does not include guys like Domofsky who go in and threaten players if they don't do interviews with them. I think that's cowardice garbage. I think at that point, you're just being a complete piece of garbage, but um, that's a separate issue. It's having the ability to be honest and objective, knowing that it's, it's going to suck for you to do so. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, I just wanted to put in my two cents on that because that's becoming like a big thing. And I'm not necessarily even against John Kuhn because as he said in his response to a response, I'm just a media guy with an opinion too, and this is my opinion. It's also, and look, I said the same thing about Charles Woodson. He said, I think the team should move on. He's friends with Aaron Rodgers. Kudos to him for that. It would be so much easier to kind of just be a James Jones. No offense to James, but James is just a homer. Everything you see, you know, Packers are never going to lose. And I know that was just one time or whatever, but, you know, everybody's the greatest. Everybody, everything's great. You know, all, the, all this, I mean, it's just, and, and again, it's just, he's just a friend and he's just being a good friend. He's being a good person. I'm not trying to trash him. I'm just saying that's the other end of the spectrum where he's allowed to do it, but he doesn't provide anything as a media person. I mean, occasionally with a breaking news thing, because Aaron likes James and he'll be like, hey, you can, I'll let you break this or whatever. But he doesn't provide anything because he's, he's I don't even want to say scared. He's just too nice to to give honest opinions, and that makes him kind of useless in that capacity. Anyways, um, back to the second part of what Aaron Rodgers said, which is also very important, and I'm appreciative that he said it. I mean, it really shows a, a mark of a really humble person. He just won MVP. Everybody is saying, you are the best in all of football because you. That's why we're giving you the award and not Matt LaFleur or Devontae Adams or anybody else. You are responsible for being the greatest person in football. He looked right at Matt LaFleur and said, dude, look, Let's 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 cut the BS here, which is important for a lot of fans because a lot of fans refuse to acknowledge this as well. Aaron Rodgers does not win MVP two out of three years. He probably doesn't win MVP once if he has a different head coach. Now, I'm not saying there's no other head coach in which this happens, but the system plays a big part of it. And a guy that's willing to implement it and do it properly and be able to do it in a way that works for Aaron Rodgers, you need that exact guy. And there's not a lot of guys that can do that kind of stuff, which is why, again, I said you know, when when we were going into the second year, Aaron Rodgers could be an MVP territory. It was because of Matt LaFleur that I said that Aaron Rodgers could and probably will if he can fully buy into the system thrive. And he also went on to say, thank you for being patient with me and trusting me because this all took time. And that the patience thing is a trust thing because when Aaron Rodgers says, no, I'm not doing that. I'm going my own way. It takes trust for Matt LaFleur to be like, all right, I'm going to hang in there. I'm not going to lose it that this guy is wrecking my offense by thinking he knows better than me. So, I mean, I, I really, I thought that was great because he acknowledged it, which is something that I've been saying, a lot of people have been saying for a while now, and for him to just come out and say, look, it's, I mean, it's me, no question, and it is, right? Part, part of the equation is, you know, this system can make bad quarterbacks or mediocre quarterbacks look at least competent, if not good. What can it do with a great quarterback? Well, back-to-back MVPs is what it can do. So yes, Aaron Rodgers is the main driving factor here, but he doesn't get there without Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur does deserve a lot of credit. And yes, believe it or not, there are some fans that don't want to give him credit. In fact, that's the, the biggest thing Matt Le- or uh, Mr. Negative has been on this last couple of days. I think he's being so ridiculous right now. I think he's just trying to, he's trying to just get me to, I don't know, talk about him on, on the podcast. Or something. I think he likes when I kind of take what he said and die, which I'm going to actually. He said something that kind of brought something to my head and is providing, but I even told him, I'm like, Dude, I can't even use this on the podcast. It's so stupid. I'm sorry. But his whole thing is that, you know, um, the Bengals quarterback is better than Matt LaFleur because he's in the Super Bowl or whatever. I don't know. But Matt LaFleur is an idiot. Is is his new thing. The the fourth down play to kick a field goal, et cetera, et cetera. Um, again, I know he's probably just trolling me and most people don't think this, but for those fans that do, it is important for him to 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 acknowledge that. And by the way, the media. It's another thing we talk about all the time. Nobody wants to give Matt LaFleur credit. They're saying that Aaron Rodgers is dragging Matt LaFleur around, and nobody's willing to acknowledge Aaron Rodgers is not going to win back-to-back MVPs if not for Matt LaFleur. That's a reality. And you can look at it however you want. You can, you can say, well, he was a good coach, but not the best, and Mike Vrabel was technically better, and this guy was better, and whatever. Um, I guess, 
But you look at this team and you look at this offense, you look at how it was revived so quickly, a lot of this does not happen without Matt LaFleur. End of story. It's one of the biggest reasons that gives me hope for the future with or without Aaron Rodgers. And I know we're in a lot of trouble without Aaron Rodgers. I acknowledge that. I know Jordan Love, at least in his first year, is not going to be anywhere near Aaron Rodgers. But it gives me hope to know that you don't need to be Aaron Rodgers to make this thing go. The 49ers are a perfect example of that. If they can get one game further than us because they went right through us with Jimmy Garoppolo and the other team that runs a similar system is currently in the Super Bowl, the NFC teams going one, two, and three are all very similar, if not nearly identical systems. Gives you hope, especially when the other the, the quarterback the teams that got the furthest are the ones with Jimmy Garoppolo and Matthew Stafford. So this is not me saying I hope he leaves. I'm just saying it gives me hope for the future. But I did like that he did that. And again, it, it's it's um it's a very humble thing to do to stand up there holding an award and saying you deserve a lot of credit for what for me standing here right now holding this. By the way, I, I, I hate to keep bringing this up because I know a lot of people don't care, but was Shailene there last night? I'm, I'm just, I'm watching this right now and I see Dak sitting next to a lady. I see Josh Allen sitting next to a, a young lady. A lot of wives and girlfriends hanging out. I went on Aaron Rodgers and Shailene's Instagrams the other day, which is not usually my MO, but I was just curious because I was thinking if this is true... When was the last time they took pictures together? I didn't see a single picture of Shailene on Aaron Rodgers' Instagram. I didn't see a single picture of Aaron Rodgers on Shailene's Instagram. That doesn't necessarily mean anything, but for a, a couple that's madly in love and about to get married to not have a single picture of each other, and they have not been seen together. I've seen a lot of Aaron Rodgers. I saw Aaron Rodgers' pictures in Ohio. He was sitting next to a young lady that was not his, his fiance. I saw him with David Bakhtiari. And now I see him at a, at, a, at a nice, you know, black tie event. Just everybody's all dressed up, gussied up. I mean, this is, if you're about to get married, dude, this is the place you want to take your, your significant other, man. This is a heck of a night out. And it's not in some, you know, small town, hick town, racist KKK town like the Green Bay, Wisconsin, where all the fat hick racists hang out, according to everybody that's an idiot. This took place in Los Angeles. This was at the YouTube Theater at the SoFi Entertainment District in Los Angeles. I mean, there is no reason in the world that she wouldn't be there. Zero. Even if she's shooting a movie, you're an extremely famous actress. If you say, I'm going to hop on a jet and go somewhere to support my, you know, soon-to-be husband as he wins his MVP award, we're going to stay at a really upscale hotel and I will be back early tomorrow morning. That's what's going to happen. What are they going to do? Kick you off the set? No. They will take a one-day delay for Shailene. Go shoot another scene that doesn't include me. Where was she? Anybody see her? Maybe she was there. I don't know. I'm just saying, I have not seen them together once in forever, since Hawaii. <laughs> that was the last time, and that was, what, nine months ago? Anyways, just a random thought that popped in when I saw Josh Allen sitting next to somebody. By the way, he didn't say her name once. He thanked Brian Gutekunst and didn't thank Shailene. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean... It, this is, this is still a new relationship, so you're still kind of in that puppy love phase, and you're just about to get married, and you guys have been apart for so long. Usually that's when you start saying super cheesy stuff. Not a single note, m m word, nothing. By the way, the, the golfing thing. I saw numerous videos, pictures, all this stuff of him out golfing. Anybody see Shailene there? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, I think, I hate to give credit to these fake gossipy magazines, but I think they might be onto something. Um, I could go on and play the rest, but it's not really necessary. He thanked the team, uh, which was great. Um, he thanked his inner circle, which I, when, as soon as he said it, I thought it was a joke, like he was messing around. Apparently, he refers to his inner circle as his inner circle. Like That's, that's like an official thing. Um, but it is seemingly just a, a, a tight-knit group of friends. He referenced his Friday night crew. And then uh, finally, he um, gave a shout-out to Ted Thompson, as well as a member of the... Um, the staff over there. I don't know if it's ESPN or what it is, but um, somebody that passed away that he referred to as a dear friend. So, it was, I mean, it was it was about as perfect as you can get as far as an accepted speech. There was there was zero drama. He didn't leave any room for really speculation. Although people are going to do it anyways. He sounds like a guy that's going to retire. He sounds like a guy that's coming back. Whatever. It was it was really a great speech for a guy that is considered self uh, selfish to accept the award and just look outward and just think. I mean, I know that's what you do anyways. You usually thank people, but when you bring up drama, you make it about yourself. I mean, even the, the Shailene thing last year, which 
I'm not saying he shouldn't have done it, but what what does that do? It just it just brings attention and media and everything on on you, which is I mean that's what you're there for. It's about you anyways. But he didn't take a single moment for himself. He did not allow it to be about him. He did not allow a single article to be written about him. I'm sure there are some out there, but there's not gonna, there there shouldn't be anything that the media can run with and and turn this into Aaron Rodgers did this that or the other. He made this few minutes about Ted Thompson, about Matt LaFleur, about Brian Russ and Mark, and about his teammates, and then he walked off, and that's it. And, and a little bit about uh, Peyton Manning. That was it. He just came out, said, thank you guys, I wouldn't be here without you, and left. He has a full understanding that he can manipulate the media anytime he wants. He can get inside of their, their heads, he can cause drama and stir it up. Not that he's necessarily even trying to do that. Most of the drama these days is just him being honest about his opinion, which... Again, I gave credit to Aaron Nagler for that. I gave credit to John Kuhn for that. I gave credit to Charles Woodson for that. And I'm going to give credit to Aaron Rodgers for that. He doesn't need to bring heat on himself, but he's just saying, I'm not going to be told to shut up. And I know everybody out there, oh, nobody's silencing him. Well, you are. When you make his life a living hell for simply saying, here's what my opinion on this, you're trying to shut him up. It's not even a question. It's putting pressure on him. And he's just saying, I don't care. I refuse to be told that I can't have this opinion just because it makes me uncomfortable. And again, I give credit to a lot of other people for holding that stance. It's the reason I hold that stance. I I refuse to be cudgeled into anything. I'm going to say exactly what I think. Even if I know I probably shouldn't put this on the podcast, as soon as my brain says, hey, you should probably hold back, that's when I'm going to say it. Because I instantly get angry at the fact that I feel like people are going to try to get, people are going to get mad at me and they're going to trash me and they're going to try to start gossiping and talking about me. It's like, good, we're talking about it then. Because anybody that would do that is a piece of garbage and I hope I make them mad. And if you can't see the difference between attacking people and just being who you are, that's your problem. You can be polite and courteous and give an honest and brutal assessment of things. And you should. You should. Life is not about just being nice about everything. It's pathetic. It's part of the reason I can't stand Twitter anymore. It's just nice, 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 nice. So you weren't nice? Ew, you get off Twitter. You're not nice. Dude, shut up. Not everything has to be nice because everything that's nice is fake because not everything is nice. So it's just fake, 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 fake for the sake of being nice, 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 nice. I'm, I'm going to let you guys do whatever you want, but I'm, I'm just, I just, I, I cannot be on Twitter sometimes because it's just, how dare you say something that's not nice? And I'm not, I'm not referencing rude. Again, that's a different thing. But giving your honest assessment of things that includes, hey, I don't think you should be back or whatever the case may be, just my honest opinion. You should be able to give your honest opinion, and if it hurts people's feelings, too bad. There is no law that says everybody has to be nice, 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 nice. You have to live a complete and total lie your entire life for the sake of being nice. I'm not going to do that. You should not do that. It doesn't do anybody any good. It's boring. This podcast is going to suck if all I do is talk about how great all the Packers are. He's doing great. If, if everything was like a Matt LaFleur press conference talking about opponents, Justin Fields is great. I can't even talk bad about the Bears because it's not nice. I'm not doing, it's so boring and it gets old and it's like you don't, everybody knows you don't even believe that. Stop saying things that are nice just for the sake of being nice. It's boring. There's no depth to any of it. It's so shallow and just stupid. That's why, that's why I really like Nagler, Woodson, Rogers. It just, it's, it's like a, feels like a weight off my shoulders. Thank you. Somebody's finally freaking just being honest about stuff. And they're willing to take the beating themselves for the sake of just honesty. I'm willing to just get kicked right in the teeth just for the, for the sake of being free to say whatever I want. It's worth it to me. It's a beautiful thing. If I may be cliche for a moment, it's what this country was founded on. It's probably not entirely true, but th- there is a lot of truth to that. You don't need freedom of speech to say things that nobody disagrees with. Kind of defeats the point. Freedom of speech gives me the freedom to say stuff you don't like and you don't want to hear. So yes, get mad and say it anyways. Yes, you're going to get attacked for it. Say it anyways. Again, doesn't mean be a jerk. Doesn't mean roll up on Twitter and be like, hey, you're gross and ugly. Nope, not talking about that. Anytime you believe something and say, well, I can't say that because people are going to be mad at me, say it. Go say it. You going to let this world be run by people who are too sensitive to hear words? Nah, I don't think so. I like hard conversations. It's more fun. It's more interesting. Makes you a better person. Me and my half-Mexican lawyer do not agree on a lot of things. We have conversations that are pretty tough sometimes, and usually I get off the phone a better person than I was. If you don't challenge yourself, you're not going to grow. I know this doesn't have anything to do with the Packers anymore, but I'm, apparently this is what happens when I get t- 10 and a half hours of sleep. Seriously, if, if you believe you're perfect just like you are, how are you going to grow? 
You don't need to grow. You're perfect. That's stupid. You're not perfect. You're very, very extremely to the 20th degree imperfect. So grow. Challenge yourself. Learn something. Talk to people you don't agree with. Change your mind on something because you weren't just accidentally right when you were 17 years old and you've been right ever since. You've been wrong about a lot of stuff and you haven't changed a single opinion because you're too stupid to recognize that I'm stupid. 15-year-old you is an idiot. If you still think like you did when you were 15, you're still an idiot. Allow yourself to grow a little bit. And when you hear things online that you don't like, engage with it. That's the other problem. We always cut everybody off. I don't like that. Ban them. Get that out of here. Go away. Get them. I'm I'm blocking you. It's it's a problem with blocking in general. And sometimes I'll use it, but usually it's just when people are just being abusive and stupid. Feel free to block those people. But if you're just blocking opinions, how are you ever going to learn anything? Even if they're wrong, there's things that you can learn. Don't block. Engage. And, and don't engage just with pure anger. You're, you're garbage. You're evil. You're, everybody's immediately Hitler or a communist or a murderer. Shut up, stupid. No, they're not. They have an opinion. And it took them years to formulate that opinion. Go learn something. If they're wrong, find out why they're wrong. But treat them like a human being. Not everybody in the world's an idiot except you, I promise. Go learn something. World full of imperfect idiots that think that they're perfect geniuses. <laughs> That's where we live. Anyways. Shout out to the, uh, to the people who are willing to say things that are going to get them in trouble. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, last night wasn't just a great night for um, Aaron Rodgers. And I'll be completely honest. The only reason I regret missing any of this, it's not even because of the Aaron Rodgers thing, because I was 90% sure he was going to win MVP, and I was quite positive he wasn't going to make any kind of an announcement, despite my fake tweet. Um, the one thing that upsets me is is I didn't realize this was coming. So um, I want to play this for you real quick. With an assist from some of their legendary peers, it is now time to meet the 2022 class of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He was the first to leap in Lambeau and one of the fiercest to defend it. An all-decade safety, an all-pro competitor, an all-time teammate, Leroy Butler. I've, I've been on record saying that I, I don't really care about this stuff because I don't like the way that they go about inducting or, 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 you know, deciding these things. I think they do a pretty bad job of it, but, um, realizing how long of a road it's been for him and how much it means to him. That's, that's, uh, like I said before, the, the reason I want these guys like Leroy Butler and, and whatnot to get in is because of how much it means to them. 
And um, I found out via Twitter that he got in, which was pretty cool. And I was like, oh, good for him. But <laughs> when I watched the video uh, of it happening just now on, on uh, YouTube, it kind of got me choked up a little bit. It's just, it's just a cool thing, man. It's, it's so cool for him, and I'm just, I'm just happy for him. And, you know, seeing the excitement from Brett Favre and from Aaron Rodgers, and just the fact that he's such a good dude, you know what I mean? I know that doesn't qualify you for the Hall of Fame being a good person, but he just is. He's just a, a really good person. But um, wanted, to, uh, wanted to acknowledge that. Also, I've got a, another clip queued up here. This was from yesterday, basically. He went on uh, a show here called Inside Wisconsin. I don't know what it is, but... Um, it's at least a YouTube channel, probably a, a radio thing too. I don't know, but um, they just asked him, you know, what is it? What does it mean to you? Why is it important to you? And here's what uh, Leroy had to say. Uh, the reason why it's important, yes, it is important. It's important because of my story. My story, African American, uh, from the inner city, in special needs class, uh, special education. My teachers were my real heroes. My mom bringing up five kids by herself, had three jobs, caught two buses, just a carpool. And um, to play in high school as a first All-American all in my school history, um, going to Florida State University and Coach Bobby Bowden only has one home visit. And he chose me to come to the projects to tell my mom that he's going to give me a scholarship, although I was a Prop 48. That meant I didn't pass the SAT test, mm-hmm. didn't get a high enough score, going to the most story franchise. Oh, yeah, it's important. Because I want people to know that you, a Hall of Famer, is still supposed to be a normal guy. Uh, everything we've talked about won't change. And I think I would be one of the few Hall of Famers, once I make it, that's still going to schools, living Oak Creek, and just do, I just want to show kids that it's attainable. Yeah, I just saw him at the gas station. He's pumping his own gas. I mean, <laughs> yes, that's what we do. We pump gas. So, in, in football wise, it's important because I think in the 90s, people thought maybe we only had a few just Reggie White, Fred Favre, Ron Wolf, and that was it. But you still had one more guy. And I was a first team all decade. I really thought that would be something that made a finalist long time ago, but it wasn't. So, and I'm thinking, okay, now that Drew Pearson went in, now the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s, I'm the only first team all decade member that's not in. So, and my mom, me and my mom always talked about it, and she was like, well, you know, last in, you get the more money. You know, last <laughs> in, first out. You know that thing. But, and I, and, and I know the frustration of guys wanting to get in, John, but I'll say this. My mom say, listen, you gotta be you gotta be excited because there's a lot of guys would never be in your position that think they should. Mm-hmm. So I just embrace it. But last year was different though. Cause when you get the phone call that you didn't make it, you kind of just like the first year, okay, first time I find it's pretty exciting. We're in Miami. They call you up, uh, okay, Mr. Baker. Yeah. Go well, Leroy. Unfortunately, did I knew. I say yes, sir. I'll see you next year. It's all good. I don't need all this speech. Mm-hmm. I get it tough for you. The following year, we're in the pandemic. Well, we're still in the pandemic, but that phone call was different. It was like, unfortunately, so I knew. He said, "But but wait wait wait, I, you made the final ten. I said, "Oh." <laughs> That's kind of a game changer because that means you're really close. And that means on some people's ballot, you probably made their final five in the ballot. And then, but John Lynch was a final. You're a better player than John Lynch. I do. I can't hold back. You're a better player than John Lynch. Well, he was a finalist for eight years. And they're like, we got to get him in. We got to get Atwater in. And then mm-hmm. we got this. And then, because Rondé Barber, who I think, put up big numbers, He's, his people are like, well, you got to wait till Leroy Butler gets in. But as long as they talk about safeties, which they haven't for a while, John, as you know, yeah, I think I'll be in there. But the next time we do this interview, because it will be a part two, because we don't yes. have enough to cover everything, then I will have, I want your kids to say, not only did I knew Leroy Butler a long 
long time ago. Long. I can actually see the jacket and touch it and feel it put it on. Um, and I and I hope people for, don't forget because I know I don't. We talk about the three people that transformed the franchise that came in, and it was Brett, and it was Reggie, and it was you. But we traded for Brett. Reggie picked us. You were there first. Yep. And we yeah, never I, forget that. I'm glad you brought that up because they all joined me. Yep. I was up. We were six and ten, four and twelve, and things. So I saw when it was bad, and then all of a sudden it got better. And it's been better ever since. So thanks. It has been. And we thank you for that. And we thank you for being with us here on Inside Wisconsin. Thank you so much. Remember part two now. All right. We'll we'll cut it. Man, that feel guilty now, not just ending the podcast here because I, geez, just just warms your heart a little bit, doesn't it? It's just amazing. Anyways, I am am really happy. I didn't know he lived in Oak Creek also. I used to live right next to there in New Berlin for many, many years, so that's kind of cool. Never saw him pumping his gas, but I knew he was in the area. There's a lot of guys in the area. I remember I used to, uh, there was a, uh, I forget what the name of it was at the time, but there was a gym over in New Berlin, and uh, there were a lot of like Milwaukee brewers that used to play there. Um, All the brewers' wives were in there, but uh, I had a buddy, um, Matt Nelson was his name. I I used to go to school, like elementary school, two different years in Wisconsin. Second grade and fifth grade, I came up and lived with my grandparents. And uh, in fifth grade, I became, I think it was fifth grade, friends with Matt. Anyways, I went to this gym and I recognized the guy. I'm like, dude, are are you Matt, by the way? Anyways, we got reintroduced. He worked there. So uh, one time I come in and he's kind of pointing out different people. And for a little while, the the Brewers had this guy that uh, I was never really a big Brewers fan, but I definitely knew this guy because he was just an absolute, he would just crush his pitches. Super strong dude, Derek Turnbow. And uh, he calls me over. He's like, dude, Derek Turnbow's over there. And um, he's doing, um, I think it was like dumbbell press or something. And it was like 45s. And I was, I mean, this is back when I was going to the gym seven days a week, two hours a day. I mean, I was, I was, I thought I was pretty strong. I know guys that work out say you shouldn't do that, whatever. And I saw him doing 45s. I'm like, dude, this guy's a punk, man. Baseball players are weak. He started at 45 and he went up about five pounds and just kept going up, kept going up, kept going. Up. I think he was like dumbbell pressing 80s. Maybe when he, he might have gone up to 100, I don't know, because I know I could do 80s at the time too, but I don't start at 45 and go up in five pound increments. But I think he might have gone all the way up to 100 pound dumbbells and started benching them. And then, of course, he goes over to the sled, choking over here, goes over to his sled and uh, just maxes the thing out and just starts repping it just for fun. So, yeah, dude was, dude was strong, which I guess I should have expected. He's a professional baseball player, but still, I was I'm thinking, you know, it's baseball. He's a pitcher. He doesn't have to be. They don't usually look that big. I mean, you look at Aaron Rodgers, like, dude, that. That guy probably couldn't even bench like 135 pounds. But anyways, interesting to hear. And it, it is cool to, to listen to him and talk about, you know, we're just, we're just normal guys and all that. Although I don't think Aaron Rodgers would be confused for a normal guy. I mean, you can only be so rich and be normal. I mean, he, he's obviously normal. He, you know, there's been stories about him walking around Chicago and being nice to people. I don't mean in that way. I just mean he's going to live in neighborhoods that are not normal and drive cars that are not normal and take jets places that are not normal. <laughs> you know, it's just He's a nice guy, but he's not a normal person. But anyways, I'm very, very happy for him. I, I think I have to end it here. I got other stuff I wanted to talk about, but I'm, I can't transition from that into special teams. I just can't do it. We're going to have to save that for tomorrow. Just feels disrespectful. <laughs> anyways, cool for Leroy. Let me talk about special teams real quick. I usually don't care about these types of things, but uh, Aaron Rodgers getting MVP and Leroy Butler getting into the, the Hall of Fame and getting to listen to him talk about it, even before the fact, talking about why it matters and uh, that cool little anecdote about him being there. You know, those other guys joined him. That was a cool point also it, it the only thing sad about it is it makes me realize i didn't appreciate the 90s enough and maybe it's not that i didn't appreciate it i was a massive packer fan i loved all these guys but i, I didn't have the context i didn't know how good they were i didn't know i i, I knew Leroy butler was good and i liked him but i didn't know the magnitude of how good he was because i didn't have the context i didn't really know about other teams you know i knew about other popular quarterbacks and a couple of wide receivers and stuff but running back you know just the big names i was a big junior seau fan just because he was a big big, big name. Everybody knew him. Everybody liked him. So I liked him, but I didn't have the context like I do now to say, it's not just that he's good. It's that he's, he's historically good compared to the rest of the league. He is probably the best. I don't, I don't know about that, especially a safety. Like I don't even know what a safety does, dude. I just know touchdowns, interceptions, sacks, you know, wins, but I, I I'll, I'll end with this. I, I've, I've talked at length about how appreciative I am to uh, Brett Favre for what he did for my childhood and how special he made moments in my childhood. Um, Whether that be moments at home in Illinois with my family or with my dad, 
or whether that be in Wisconsin with these really awesome family parties, you know, with a bunch of people and the football games on and grandparents are playing cards and just how much fun he brought to my childhood. It's not just Brett Favre, though. It's largely him because of what he did and his personality and everything else. But guys like Reggie White and Leroy Butler and, you know, Robert Brooks even and, you know, Don Beebe. I'm not going to do that thing where I go through everybody's name, Sterling Sharp, but... um there's a lot of guys that that have contributed, and same same even now. You know, we talk about how we've been a winning franchise for 30 years, and usually we talk about Favre and Rodgers. It's not just Favre and Rodgers. You know, we've had guys like Julius Peppers and Clay Matthews, and and Charles Woodson. Obviously, we talk about a decent amount, but he's he's a major part of of what happened here. You know, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, James Jones, and Jennings, and Driver. The the massive amount of offensive linemen that we've had that have just been amazing offensive linemen. Great, amazing tradition we've had here of offensive linemen. I think offensive linemen and wide receiver are up there with quarterback in terms of we've just never really had bad ones. We had like one year, you know, that the year we had like Jari Evans after we just got rid of everybody. Maybe two years of of pretty bad offensive line play. And there might have been a couple mixed in that I forgot. But it's it's we've had great offensive lines all the way back to the 90s and same with wide receiver I did do that I went back and looked and I said you can't find a year where we didn't have at least one good wide receiver until you go back to like 80 80 something you got to go pre-sterling sharp um you know pass rushers we got Rashawn right now who's just looking like an animal you got Clay you got Julius you got Zedarius um you know we've we've definitely had some years without some great pass rushers but you obviously can take that right back to Reggie White and even guys like Kabir Baja Biamilla Aaron Campman. It's cool because it, it provides some more context. You look at guys like Adrian Amos and you you know how great he is, but it's not just that he's great, it's that he adds to a legacy, you know? He's he's he, he's a guy from Chicago that came over, but he's he adds to a legacy that that has made Green Bay great. A legacy that includes guys like Leroy Butler, that include Charles Woodson, all-time great Packer safeties and 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 again, guys that have contributed to a 30-year reign of greatness and and you can complain about Super Bowls if you want. I'm not interested in that. Leroy Butler isn't a guy that just contributed to one Super Bowl. If, I mean, if, if that's your understanding of his legacy, that's such a pathetic and short-sighted view of what these guys do, what they do for us, what they've done for us, what they've contributed for 30 years of my life. 30 years is not summed up in two Super Bowls, which is why I'm not going to look back on this past year as a failure or the year before that as a failure. I mean, ultimately, did you win the Super Bowl? No. Was that your number one goal? Yes. But if all I cared about was a Super Bowl, I would do what I do with baseball and basketball. I would, if, if the team that I like, quote unquote, makes it, I'll watch that game. I mean, all, all that matters to me in baseball and basketball is the championship. That is true. It's the ultimate goal in football too. But I mean, if, if the Brewers make it to the, um, to the championship, I'll watch. If the Bucks make it, I'll watch. I'm not going to watch the regular season because I just, I'm not interested that much. Because all that matters to me is that they win. Does that make me a, a homer or whatever? Yeah, probably. Or not a homer, but a fair weather. I mean, I, I don't go to other teams, so I'm not a fair weather in that. But yeah, I mean, more or less, I'm a fair weather fan of those teams. And if they don't win, then, then the entire season was useless to me because I didn't watch a single game. I'm not mad about it because I don't really care. But football is more than that. It's more than, than a Super Bowl. And uh, everybody that pretends that I think is just being emotional and being angry for the sake of being angry. And I, I know that because I know how good you felt when we beat the Bears. I know how good you felt when we beat the Vikings. I know how good you felt when we beat the, the 49ers, when we beat the Cardinals. I know how good that felt. I know how excited you get when we get that first down, when we get that touchdown, when we get that interception, that, that sack, that strip fumble recovery. I know how excited you get when we win the division, when we make it into the playoffs, when we get the number one seed. So don't lie to me and pretend that this is only about Super Bowls and we only have two. And that goes for Bears fans that want to say you only have two also. They fully understand the difference between what it means to be a Bears fan and what it means to be a Packer fan. They fully understand that we have enjoyed 30 years of great play. We've enjoyed dominance in the division over the Bears and the Vikings and the Lions. If some 12-year-old wants to pop off about how the Packers only won one in his lifetime or whatever, and he doesn't even remember it, and it's just been, you know, an entire, a bunch of Packers getting into the playoffs and losing from their perspective, then okay, fine. That's not my perspective of the Green Bay Packers. That's not why I do a Packers podcast, because they won two Super Bowls. I didn't, I didn't love the Green Bay Packers because Brett Favre got us to a Super Bowl once. Just like, by the way, Chicago Bears fans are not Bears fans because they won a Super Bowl once. Most people that are probably listening to this or are on Twitter don't remember it or weren't even born yet. 
Lions and Vikings fans, I mean, let's just call it what it is. Why are you why are you a fan? Why do you cheer? What do you cheer for? You've never won a Super Bowl and that's all that matters. The first downs don't matter. Wins don't matter. The division doesn't matter. The draft doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is winning a Super Bowl. And if you haven't done that, you should be upset. You should be miserable. Again, everybody knows that's fake. But it's time for everybody to start start acknowledging it and acting like it. Stop. Stop. Just stop. Period. We'll just end the sentence with that. And again, that, that is part of the problem with just talking about Super Bowls because it does denigrate guys like Leroy Butler. You don't think it does. You think you're just trying to be you know smart and, and justify your anger and your sadness. You're not. You're denigrating guys like Leroy Butler. You're, you're looking at his Hall of Fame and saying, you only won one Super Bowl. What's so great about you? And Brett Favre and Reggie White and all these guys. Even guys like you know Dan Marino and whatnot. There's a lot of unbelievably talented players who have never won and never will win. Should they have their Hall of Fame stripped? Because at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is Super Bowls, and you didn't accomplish that? It's silly. It's silly. We need to start recognizing that that's silly. You can be upset that we didn't win, and you can hope we can win. You can cross your fingers and whatever. But the Super Bowl is a separate thing. And, and when you start talking about that, it's not even about being the best. It's, it's about a lot of different factors. It's a lot of factors that go into it that, that are largely out of everybody's control. But you can still be a great team, and you can still win a lot of games, and you can still have a great season, and fans can still enjoy the living heck out of it. And as long as we can keep doing that, I'm, I'm down. I see that all the time, too, with, with a lot of fans saying things like, you know, would I trade one Super Bowl for 10 years of misery? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Because I just like this too much. I enjoy this too much. I don't want to enter a dark era just so that one year we can get a Super Bowl. That, that's, no, that's no good for me. I mean, it's one good year and nine bad years compared to 10 good years. <laughs> it's an easy equation for me. And again, I, I just think you're going to make yourself a lot happier when you can just acknowledge what's good about football absent the Super Bowl. Super Bowl is a fluky thing. It's like judging a, a player based on how many interceptions they have. It doesn't mean you're the best. It might. There, there might be a correlation there. I mean, you're probably not the worst, but it's a fleeting thing, right? Like I said about Diggs, the odds of him getting this many interceptions ever again in the history of his career are very low. He's going to have a massive drop-off in his ability to get interceptions, and then what happens to him overall as a player? Super Bowl is very similar to those things. Not, not a single person on planet Earth would say the Bengals and the Rams are the two best teams in football, because they're not. They're not even the best in their own divisions. None of them are. The Rams are not the best by, by any metric. Dallas, the Packers, Tampa, probably San Francisco, although they, they became good just down the stretch. Remember, they were a 10-win team when they got into the playoffs. They just got hot at the right time. So you can figure out how you want to gauge that. At that point, you could say the Rams maybe are one of the best. I don't know, but, but, but they're not. And the Bengals, I mean, clearly, at the very least, the Chiefs and Buffalo are better than the Bengals. I know they beat the Chiefs, but again, how many times out of 10? How many times out of 10 is that going to happen? Two? They're not better than the Chiefs. They just happen to be on that day. But anyways, I tried to say goodbye like 15, 20 minutes ago, and I'm going to try that again. You guys have yourselves a great day. Congratulations again to Aaron Rodgers and Leroy Butler. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>